0: This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor, man. Hey everybody, this is Lane from the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast. Got another interview for you guys. I know some people have been saying that I bring in a lot of really successful people. And it's, it's a little scary that a lot of these people are making ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a passive cashflow a month. I thought I'd bring in another one of my peer investors, uh, Connie Chow. How's it going?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Connie's been buying single family homes kind of like myself. And I thought I would bring her on, run through these questions and kind of get in her mindset and also be a good way to see how she progresses next few years. Seems like you're ready to your investing career is really taking off. Yeah. So, Connie, how much uh, simple passive cash flow are you currently making today? Let us know how you're doing it.
1: Passively, I would say about two to 3000 but cash flow-wise, um, it's only 1500 The reason I say that is uh, I do have a couple of properties in California. As you know, California doesn't cash flow. The different purpose for those purchased uh, is helping family members to have a place to live and everything. But at the end of the day, uh, it they pay down on my debt, it's other people' money that uh, provided to me to help them and help me as well. So I don't count that as my cash flow, but yet um, it is one of the saving plans for retirement as well.
0: Connie, you uh, found the whole cash flow model buying out-of-state rentals across the country like how I did. But you had a lot of experience. You you said you had a couple of rentals there in California that were more of the appreciation types.
1: I uh I start really young, uh, 24, 25, right after college. I just needed a place to live. So I start with a condo, a two bedroom, uh one and a half bath. I move in single, just just need a place to live and I didn't know that I used creative financing either. I only have 10,000 for down payment. Uh, the house was 215 need 20% down to avoid PMI. So what I did is I used credit card, the credit card line at the time. I have 25 k no interest, no fee for 18 months. I'm like, yeah, that's just free money. So I used that for down payment. After I purchased, then, you know, the house started need some fixing and all that. So I started overstressed and all. But then six months later, I see the market for that house is two eighty. So I'm like, what? I didn't know what i do I was doing. I just need a place to live and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sell it. So I sold it and gained sixty K. Then I planted to find out a place to live, a studio or something, so it's less, you know, maintenance and everything for myself. But then I realized that I since I've owned a place, I bought a lot of furniture and, you know, a wash and dryer now what what I'm gonna do with so I decided to go ahead and buy a single-family home so I don't rely on HOA because I find that condo, when I own it, I'm not really um, can make decision on what I can do to the place. And um, HOA always have interference with my decision. So, so the next step is I bought a single-family home, lived in there for two years. And the house went up to, I bought it for 315 It went up to 550 for two years. Again, it's primary residence, so I sold it and gained 250 without, almost 250 without taxes. Then I was hooked. But then, you know, life go on, job move and um, termination of employment and all put me through 2008 where everything crashed. I didn't lose anything because I only um, owned one at the time. But then 2009, I started buying again for rental um, at that time, I didn't know what I didn't know to uh, by the law, how to rent and how to vet tenants and, and all. So I went through a couple of evictions. So I, I know a lot more now. And then two years ago, I just realized that, you know what, I do a lot, but I didn't move to the right direction. I need to learn more. So I started to read a little bit more on financial. And then I stumbled through Bigger pocket and then... Then I realized that I do what the rest of people do, put in 401k, buy a couple property here and there and don't know what I'm doing. So I started to educate myself a lot more for two years now. And I started to take action right away. After a year, I learned from you know how to do a solo 401k, transfer out my old 401k over, buy it, non-recourse loan. And it's only six, seven months and I have filled up four out-of-state cash flow properties. In state, I have three.
0: We were talking about that solo 401k, which is something I don't quite understand. Unfortunately, when you purchase properties through a self-directed Roth or I don't know about the solo 401k, but you have to get this non-recourse loans, which typically the, the terms on them are not as good as the Fannie Mae financing. What kind of terms did you get on that non-recourse loan?
1: Yeah, I shop around, so I have a couple of the lender that I'm looking at their numbers. Not just the fee and closing costs. I look at how much percent down that they require. Some, the minimum have to be 40% down, but some can do 40, some have to do 50%. And some cap you at the, a certain amount. For example, if I buy something in Indy for 112000 or $114,000, uh, maximum one of this bank can only do a $50,000 loan uh, fee Closing costs and everything total about 3000 So my thinking at that time, I have enough just to buy those out with cash, but this is the time I want to do my portfolio big. It's not when I need the cash flow to live off because I still have a, a W-2. So my goal is to leverage as much as I could, but nowadays they have the debt-to-income ratio, so you have to have a strategy how you're going to do it and what your goals are. It depends on the bank, but that's one of the examples that I, uh, I bought 114 The rate is uh, 5.25, not too great, but um, it amortized over 15 years. Then I have another one better, loan is 87,000, rate is 4.375, five years arm, jumbo after that for 25 years amortization. That one after five years, I'm pretty sure I have cash flow coming in or more 401k that I can roll over if I want to pay it off. But the goal from now in the next five years is to buy an increased portfolio.
0: Getting that non-recourse loan, even though the terms aren't that great, it's really the only way you can leverage in those types of accounts.
1: Correct. Few banks would, um, that I found would do that. Not a normal, uh, you know, conventional loan or conventional bank would, would know or would do those.
0: So none of these uh, Chase Banks, Bank of America, none of yeah. those guys. Yep. And for people who don't know, non-recourse loans are loans that if anything happened with the property and for some reason the property went underwater, there's no recourse to you, the lender. So in a typical mortgage, it is a recourse loan. So what happened to a lot of people when they went underwater, they still have to pay that property off. Kind of like how student loans are always tied to you personally. That's Mm -hmm. why I like a lot of these apartment buildings is because there's a lot of non-recourse loans tied to these properties. So if something ever happened,
1: you can just walk away. Yeah, but you know, with 50%, 40, 50% down, majority of investor, you know, that the goal is to pay it off or to make that to retirement fund. They're not going to let those go. So I doubt that, you know, any, they're going to fight for it to keep those. And secondly, I noticed that because I'm doing conventional loan at the same time as um, non-recourse loan, because I buy and purchase property outside, inside of solo 401k, um, I noticed it doesn't show up on my credit record. Because the bank that I do conventional loan outside, uh, they cannot see it either. They didn't see the loan or anything, so they never have a question on those.
0: So Connie, what's your uh, worst business or life moment, and what did you uh, do after, and what was the lesson learned?
1: I go through up and down through employment where 2008 and even 2010. Every few years, I seem to have a turnover in job because of my background. Have background for merger and acquisitions and system implementation, so I seem to attract to startup and newer built companies. So I find that is a risk, but yes, it's an opportunity for me. To every few years, I got to learn new company and new technology. But then 2010, when this employer have a major turnover, and it, it woke me up that I can't rely on a W two. And what I do in real estate is not working, I need to do something else better than just start to educate myself. And I don't want to be a landlord I'm managing a property, so I find turnkey out state is the way to design my lifestyle.
0: How many times did you I wouldn't say get fired but the startup kinda went downside and you had you got displaced to go somewhere else? I I lost track of how many times <laughs>
1: I would say three. The first one was the dot-com when I first started my career. So that is expected. And then 2008, when I worked for the biggest real estate firm here as a senior accountant for an apartment division where I consolidate all the numbers for them. They went south, so they up almost the whole department or 30% of their employees. Then I go over to and Gas. I seem to get in and get out right before the crash for each of the industry. Then I worked for the oil and gas, and in 2010, um, that's when it went down, but I um, went a separate way before that. Now I'm in the aerospace industry, so hopefully it's not going south either.
0: And I know your check record isn't that great, but we'll yeah. see.
1: <laughs> hey, but what, the way I look at it, every time I make a move, I've learned new system. I learned new business, new industry. I'm up for it. I'm up for the challenge.
0: Mark of a high performance to put your ego aside and accept the health of others. So maybe people out here, when they hear your story, they can possibly help out. What's your uh, two week experiment that you're working on and a six month project, something a little bigger that's helping you do a progress where you want to go?
1: For the next two weeks, I'm closing another purchase and just locked down another contract. To uh, go through the due diligence. I always set my goal a week or two at the time. So now things change so fast that buying property, looking at property, um, look at the number, talking to a turnkey provider, which loan or which bank I should use. It, it's busy, busy, and busy. My husband on board with me, but um, he's not an investor, an investor savvy or anything. So I have to educate myself through podcasts to bigger pocket. And I go to meetings, meet up around locally a lot just to educate myself from another investor who have done this before.
0: On your horizon for the next six months?
1: I see myself locked down in order four properties and then also finished up my 1031 exchange. I'm selling one of my California rentals to exchange for Southeast or um, Midwest properties. So as you can see, there's a lot of work coming up, but I'm prepared for it. Moving forward and preparing for
0: it. And you mentioned you work through the turnkey provider, but I know you also you're pretty experienced in this whole purchasing properties, and I think you use some agents too.
1: Actually, I just experienced that um, with my last property. I looked at Redfin or all of those free website a lot and set a criteria. So let's say I need I want to know that particular zip code. I set the criteria through bedroom, two bath, and this is the price range, building. Up. Later after 1950, and also every morning I wake up a little bit early and take a look at all the email that the system sent to me. Look at the pictures, see if it's looking good. So what happened in July 4 weekend, everybody's still sleeping. I was looking at the email and I I have saved this property as a favorite and it was 65K in Alabama. Then somehow that morning it dropped about 30 minutes ago, an agent changed it to 55, and I'm like, hmm. Uh, let me call the agent real quick. So I, I pick up the phone and call her real quick to say, oh, yeah, the seller just locked down and want to move. She just bought another place, so they dropped the price and wanted to sell. i like, cool, how about I put in 50000 offer? She's saying, and then I use her as my agent as well, so that motivated her to uh, sell that to me. So uh, I ended up settling for fifty two, and they accept it a couple hours later because she's desperate to sell. I put that under contract. Have the inspection done. Inspection come back with small fixing here and there. So what I did is I used that inspection report, sent it out to local contractor around by just using Yelp for that area zip code, and they come back to me with the total. Let's say 1,200 fix for all of those listing in the summary under inspection. So what I did is instead of me managing those contractor, I negotiate back to the seller and say, how about I pay a $1,000 more, you fix everything on the summary, because I know the press that I asked for, they wouldn't fix anything, and they, they told me ahead of time, but that is another way that I, instead of using my own time, I use the seller time and her money for now until, you know, it's all good and done before closing, so she accepted it for uh, $53,000, and uh, she had me fixed it within two weeks, and um, I did. I called my inspector. Come back out for the inspection for like five dollars, and it's all done. So we're ready to move forward for closing. It saved me so much time, so much headache, and uh, the inspector there uh, very trustworthy. So I, um, he took picture. He listed out what fixed, what hadn't been fixed. So I'm happy with the process. And uh, I think one of the strategy that I'm going with. Time to time, you know, when it's, when it's come to 1031 exchange, have you done it before? I'm not have the time to do that. I might have to do it for people.
0: Right. Cause the things get pretty crazy when you're doing yep. that 1031. I had to, I had to reach out to a marketer to get my last property just cause I just didn't have the time to mm-hmm. search for properties. You and I always talk about, you know, you always text me over a property and I mean, my criteria is just a little bit different than yours. I go after the more you know, eighty, ninety thousand dollar properties and above, and then you go after kind of the fifty to eighty thousand dollar properties. I am mean, not saying it's wrong. It's just pointing out that you and I have just different strategies and criterias. And I mean, sure, nobody's right here, but it's yeah. just nice. Been nice to kind of get some of others perspective because you can kind of get locked in with this stuff. And real um, estate is so is so powerful that you can make money even though you don't have the best
1: strategy. So. Yeah, Um, as we know, we limit a 10 loan, conventional loan. Uh, that's why you try to leverage that as much as you could to get a bigger loan. But nowadays, they have debt to income ratio. To me, I focus on a number of cash flow and property for now. So I find whatever deal that can create 250 pound on cash flow or a minimum of 200. So I extend my criteria down to 50. I used to start at 80 to 120, but then I find some of those um, cash flow a little less. I know it's better property looking and everything, but it's just my focus now is cash flow. So eventually my goal is five years to step out from the workforce and be able to have more time for the family and be able to see if I can help friends and family to see there's a lot more options and a lot more freedom to invest in real estate and just believe on just 401k alone. It's
0: not all about cash flow and net worth at the end of it. What's your simple passive cash flow number that you're trying to achieve? And then just kind of curious what that is. And imagine if you had two times that amount. What would you yes, do on uh, your ideal day? I know you, we kind of <laughs> hung out in California. Show me places you like to live. And yeah, what's your number?
1: To be honest, right now with the current lifestyle and current situation, I only need five K to be free, free up myself. But uh, we're talking about putting the kids to college, Medicare for retirement and everything else. I just want to double it just to be comfortable for the family, to know that if something happened to each one of us, we have something to coming in for the kids. I would say ten K would be more comfortable, but just 5k, I I'd be okay with it as well. I know California is expensive, but the lifestyle, it's what you desire is not set in stone. Because some people can live in one bedroom apartment, but some live in a beachfront property.
0: Yeah, so you would buy those those big beachfront properties that.
1: No, I, I I go there just to vision myself. What if you, I own one of this, but then I know it's the do that. So what I do is every time that I feel overworked, overstressed, I go to those places and vision myself that this is, if people can do this, I can do that too. So worst case scenario, if I'm enough to be, you know, uh, by myself, my husband passed away before me, whatever, at, at the Golden Age. And, retirement age, I can always rent a room there or get one for myself. We don't know for the next 20 years if I'm going to be really rich or I'm going to be you know, the same, but I just always want to have that vision. So by going to those nice area, beachfront, just to sit around and see how those uh, atmosphere and then people surround. We relax and then looking at this property. Sometimes they have open house and I took my uh, husband and my kids walk in. They impressed. They open up a little bit more when I talk about real estate. So I think it's helped the whole family to vision as well as not just for myself.
0: Kind of goes down that Grant Cardone 10X. If you tech X your goals, the results will be higher just by increasing those goals.
1: Um, it's funny, last year, uh, in November, I would say, okay, I need to buy two in 2015 and two more in 2016. I only could buy only one in 2015, but by June of 2016, uh, two months ago, I hit four. So, you know, now I'm, I'm not focused on the number of property or the number of cash flow. I know I just have to buy, like everybody else is successful, so they wish they buy more, right? So I keep hearing that, and I'm like, yeah, it's As long as I'm qualified, I'm buying more just to get that cash flow and do legacy for my family.
0: Right, and it's independent of the market. If the market crashes, well, you should have bought with enough cash flow. Is that the way you see it too?
1: Two three hundred per property. That very conservative with ten percent of all reserve for maintenance, vacancy, property management, and um, a little bit of five percent of capex because majority of the property I bought is you know already turnkey. So for the next five years, I um, mark it at 5%, but again, we, we never know if it's going to be more, but I always have the cash reserve for those.
0: Right. So you're taking the rent and then you're thinking you're going to probably get 65% of that back in the bank account to pay the mortgage. Correct. That's neat. Yeah. I, I usually run, in my head, I usually go at 70%, but yeah,
1: close enough. Now that I'm a little more clever, because I have friends and family uh, approached me, um, because I, besides W W two, I also have a side business uh, with life insurance, health insurance, and everything else that I'm not belong to any um, insurance company is really a uh, commission based. Going through that business, I've learned something else that I can be able to help people move their money for 1k, index title property. So whatever it is, I. Pro- some of the friends family audits in their 41 pay, and I told them to look at the balance for now. So six months later I approached them again. They look at the balance again and it's down for two thousand or whatnot. Keep in touch with them and talk to them and see you see is your fees got deducted, and your balance not growing. How are you going to retire on that certain amount? If you, you know, have an open mind, let's sit down and talk about it. So I educate them a little bit on the index side, educate them on what I'm doing on my real estate. If they wanted to learn it, I was willing to help them to move the same direction that I have. Otherwise, you know, move it out. I can pay you a fixed interest rate, and I use that as private money, and I can be able to buy a lot more property if they not actively want to invest for themselves
0: you try very hard to help people like that you know I don't like to destroy people's paradigms you know if they've worked their entire lives and done the 401k and they're close to retirement I don't want to really pop people's bubble I mean that's kind of why I made the website and the podcast because it's kind of self-selecting If people are searching for or recognizing that their situation is not working and they're not going to get to their goals which is to retire before they're 70 years old
1: but what I find is all friends and family they're all middle class they all you know busy working and all they know is for 1k because that's what the employer and the government put it out in the public. Nothing, nothing else like real estate, like what we learn when we, you know, want to desire for our own lives. And so, I, if I, I see myself see it before them, I just want to wake them up. I just want to help see my side. They want to do it or not is their choice. But you know, to me, um, they should know those options.
0: A week ago, I was talking with my mom, and they're kind of retiring, and you know, and she was kind of bummed that they're not going to get the BMW that they always dreamed of and I mean I don't want a BMW I am mean, fine <laughs> with the Toyota but I was like well you know if you go with that 401 k and all that stuff I mean that's that's what's going to happen I mean yeah. I mean
1: that's
0: if that's your strategy and it always wouldn't get you what you wanted I mean you got to figure out what your goals are first and work your way backwards
1: Yep I agree and the hardest part is to help from family and friends Did they know me as a just a W two employee, what do I know for the last couple of two years? Um so but I see myself at planning seat, put it in their head that hey, I'm doing this and I'm still doing it. I'm not saying I'm successful or anything, but seven property, when I look around none of them have one and none of them have cash flow. Here and there when we hang out or chit chat, I just follow up and see where they at. And I share what I'm, where I'm at as well just so they know that I'm moving towards where my goals are and that if they see that, that I'm getting where I want, they would want to motivate and look into it as well.
0: I mean there's nothing really special about you or me. I mean it's just regular people, I mean.
1: Actually, a friend of mine, an old high school friend of mine, he's reaching out to me and that's what was my first thinking. What does he know? He's just an engineer. He's nothing on the financial side. Why did he do this? Is he have a trouble in his job? But no, he was just fine. Then I I watch him for the next 6 months and he keep following up with me. So I'm doing basically the same that he did my He's saying I'm I'm just trying to help you see other side as well. Even though you already do in the real estate, but as you know, it's not working. How about let's educate ourselves together and move in the right direction? He is not in the real estate, but I already have my foot into real estate. So I'm like, this is what I'm I like, and because I know of making money since I'm 25, I could literally make 300 thousand without doing anything, without betting on the really on the appreciation market. I didn't know what I didn't know, but the time was right, so it helped me. And now that I know you know, to convert all of those to cash flow, I'm going to go full force. As soon as I know that, I just act on it right away. So I don't waste any time.
0: I don't know if you subscribe to Tony Robbins' material, but he talks about two things that we're trying to gain perfection at. The first is the art of fulfillment, and the second is the science of achievement. Do you have any questions? Uh, Words of wisdom on ways you achieve the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment?
1: Yes. For me, really is I want to be free. Uh, now that I know the freedom is not really um, the cash that you have, it's the time that you want to do whatever you want to do. The majority of people around me doesn't get that sense. So it's funny. Uh, the other day I posted on Facebook how when you vision a, a plan, you thought it's always smooth. But um, but the reality is up and down, up and down, right? You go through hoops just to get through certain um, obstacle. And then one of the friends and family say, uh, responds saying, it's, yeah, don't expect everything is up. But then I respond back is don't wish things is easier, right? Wish, wish you have better skill or something that uh, Jim Brown, um used to say. He responds that you can't bring it with you. Basically, when you die, you can't bring it with you. And I totally agree. The coffin is only fit for one person. There's nothing else you can put in it. But legacy live on. That is my always my thinking that legacy live on. I'm going to prove to my own family that I come here with nothing, but I've learned that at the I'm going to do well, and I'll prove it to them. If I can free myself, I will freeze you up as well. My vision is just to have more time for myself, do what I like to do. Really, me, I like cooking. I like, you know, yard a little bit.
0: So you've built yourself a nice portfolio. What's kind of your uh, secret of science of achievement that you've done that?
1: I don't know. I guess it's my personality. Once something that I find out it, it working, I tested it, and it works. I just move forward with it without second thought. Hey, if I fail, that's something I should learn. So I keep doing that since I'm growing up, and that helped me moving forward. And I have a curious mind. I keep moving forward when, and I always curious. Why is the rich getting richer, and we all working every day so hard and we couldn't get there? So I started to read a lot more books after um, I have downtime after my daughter a little bit older. So I read a lot more books and I started to open up you know, doors and I start to listen more when I go to meet up and see where people are coming from. How do they start? So I love all of those um, interview when the interviewer asks, how did you start? Because to me, that opened myself up to see that he started with nothing. This is how he go. And I touch all of those. I could see myself been through all of those. And um, that's how I keep myself motivated and start with any project or any deal that I look at before I say no.
0: Connie, anything we missed that you'd like to share and maybe what's your contact information that you'd like to give out if anybody wants to get a hold of you?
1: I just want to say thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity to uh, talk uh, to you and uh, be able to record this for anybody who need help to start. I'm here just to uh, help everybody as well. I go to meet out and see a lot of newbies, um, you know, everybody want to flip here in California, but there's some, they don't have that money and their entry in California is high. So I, I kind of watch those to see how they, they grow as well and be able to see if I can help them. So if anybody need help, send me an email, me at gmail.com. So just email me and um, I, will, I will try to help if I could.
0: It's realestatefreeme at-,
1: at gmail.com.
0: We'll have you back on the podcast here, Connie, and probably in maybe six months to a year, and see how you're doing. And I'm sure your uh, your goals will be much higher next time. That's just how it goes. Huh?
1: Yes, thank you.
0: Thanks. Bye. <laughs>